0: So Alright, so like and- back again, Cash Meddy doing a podcast tonight. I'm gonna be talking about the Dodgers trade with the Red Sox and the Padre trade with the Rays. So let's start with the Dodgers. Um, Obviously, the Dodgers are the front runner now in the National League, uh, maybe even in all baseball to win the World Series. Personally, I think they were the front runners even before they got Mookie Betts. And, you know, I know a lot of Padre fans are upset that the Dodgers got Mookie Betts. And it's like, what's the point? And Preller sucks and this and that. And I think as a Padre fan, you got to look at it I, at least I'm looking at it in a different way than maybe others are looking at it. I think the Dodgers are going to kick the shit out of the Padres this year, no matter what. Anyways, I don't think the Padres window opened in 2020. Maybe it opens for, like, you know, being a wild card team, but it's not about being like wild card teams or making a playoffs. It's about winning a goddamn World Series. I mean, we need a World Series in this town. You know, the Chargers are gone. Uh, we've never had, you know, a major sport win a championship. So. As a fan, I just want the World Series. You could get one, and you could kind of almost suck after that. I don't really care. Just get that first World Series. Um, Going back to the Dodgers, their lineup's going to be ridiculous. I mean, they're going to be a ridiculous team. They're probably going to win 110 games. I don't know, know, maybe 115 games, it seems. I mean... I don't know. They're starting pitching. I mean, they lost a lot. You know, Kenta Maeda. um, I don't know if they're going to keep Ross Stripling now. It seems like that deal with the Angels is off with Jock Peterson. I mean, I I don't know what they're going to do with that. But I thought the Red Sox made out a little bit better after the second deal compared to the first one. You know, I think the Red Sox got some heat from the national media and their fan base about the first deal. And... I think they, you know, the Gratelar, or whatever his name is, you know, the next Dave DeVecchi, Um I think the Red Sox were like, well, his arm is a little, you know, a little injury concern or something. And I think they figured they could get out of the deal and then put, put the pressure on the Dodgers to give up a little more. So now, you know, the Dodgers have to give up Jeter Downs, who's a top 50 prospect in most of the rankings. And... You know, the Red Sox look a little bit better. Uh Minnesota still, you know, I guess did okay again. Kenta Maeda. Um And then the Dodgers, I, said, I mean, the Dodgers had a great trade. There's no denying that. I just think as a Padre fan, them going all in this year is a better situation for the Padres down the road because the Padres window, in my opinion, starts in 2021 and that year beating the Dodgers is going to be very difficult, but I think 2022-23, I think the Padres actually have a shot of actually beating beating the Dodgers now. I think if the Dodgers would have stuck to their ways and would have not given out big contracts and keep developing players like Tampa Bay does. Obviously Friedman comes from, you know, that way and if you you just kept developing players and never really getting yourself into bad contracts. It was going to be tough for the Padres to overcome that. Now, you're almost forced to sign Mookie Betts back, because if you don't sign Mookie Betts back after this year, you're going to give up for Dugo, who has five years of control. Was a pretty damn good player. I mean, the guy hit two ninety something. Um, I mean, that guy's gonna that guy's gonna hit. That guy can hit. I don't know how much power he's gonna have. But that kid could hit, and you got him on the cheap, and he's under control for a while. And then you're giving up, you know, a second baseman, and Jeter Downs who's a top 50 prospect. But the teams like the Dodgers, when you have a lot of good prospects and a lot of depth, you can trade guys like Jeter Downs. When you got Gavin Lux, who's going to play second base. He's projected as the number two prospect in all of baseball. Well, I mean, you don't really need you know, downs. But um, you could have used downs in a different trade or what have you. But what I'm trying to say is once they pay Mookie Betts, let's just say it's 350, 400 million. Once you pay that, I don't think any team has two guys with 300 million or 200 I don't think anyone has $300 million, um two guys contracts over 300 million. I know Trout's I don't know what Trout's is. I think it's. I have no idea. I would. I think he's making like forty something million a year. I think he's making four hundred. I don't know. And then they got uh, Rendon. I think he's making two sixty. I could be wrong or whatever. But I don't think there's two, a team that has two guys with over three hundred. So once you pay bets, I mean, eventually Bellinger is going to get his contract. Seager is going to be looking for a contract pretty soon. I would expect Seager to have a bounce back season. I mean, he was really bad last year, but that was coming off a major injury. Um, He's still young. He, I mean, he was shit. He was like looking like one of their best players a couple years ago, or or, you know, gonna be one of their better players. So he's gonna need a contract. Walker Buehler is gonna need a contract too. You can't sign them all. They just signed Max Muncy to a cheap deal. I don't understand why Max Muncie took that contract, but what have you. Um, he probably figures that he won't have as good of seasons coming up, so might as well get paid now. Um, but they already have one bad contract in David Price. Uh, Kelly Jansen's got two more years at like $38 million. I mean, that's that's not going to kill him. Uh, A.J. Pollock has a, you know, is almost a bad contract. They don't really have like that terrible contract, you know, like if they had David Price for the whole contract, that would be terrible. At half, it's not that bad. Um, But what I'm trying to say is eventually they're going to start signing some of these guys and they, it never works out signing all of them. It never does. It's when you sprinkle it, it works out a little, it works out better in my opinion And the Dodgers did that earlier, you know, signed some guys here and there, and I don't feel like there were any huge contracts that was going to set them back. Eventually, one of those guys is going to get a mega deal, and it's going to set them back. Um, They keep drafting very well. I mean, they're always going to be good. They're they're not going away anytime soon. They're going to be contenders for the next 10 years, five years. But I really do think that either they sign Mookie Betts, or they let him walk, and then it's going to be hard to replace that. Personally, I probably, as a pottery fan, I probably hope that they sign Mookie Betts, to be honest with you, because he's at 28. He'll probably get a 10-year deal, you know, probably be an elite player for another five years, and then maybe down the road some of those back-loaded contracts kind of get to them and catch up to them. That I mean, that's... That's going to be the Padres' best chance is eventually they get too many bad contracts and eventually you can catch up that way on them. I mean, you look at the Red Sox because I saw some guys, you know, I kind of put like, hey, they gave up kind of a lot, like for the Dodgers, a little bit more. I don't know why everyone thinks they just got – the Red Sox just got totally ripped off. They're in a bad situation. Um, you know, I think they're going to get some picks taken away. Their farm system sucks. They had to get under the luxury tax. They don't have a manager. The guy wasn't going to sign. I mean, they had a lot of things going against them, so they did the best they could. I mean, maybe they could have done a little bit better, but the second trade to me looks a lot better than the first one for them. And, you know, I had some guys, oh, the Dodgers, they could just spend whatever they want. Uh, They don't have to worry about money, this and that. The Red Sox (laughs) spend more than they do, you know. Um, eventually it catches up to you, you know, uh, once you get over the luxury tax, it seems like if you do it three straight seasons or two straight seasons, that third year, you're really going to get, I don't understand the luxury tax, you know, a hundred percent. I just know that the more you're over it and consecutively, the more it's just going to penalize you. And those owners don't want to just give away money. Like everyone's just like, Oh, Like, these guys are billionaires. They could just piss on that money. Well, that's how they become billionaires. They don't waste money like that. So, I think these ownerships, if you don't think you're a World Series contender, I don't think Boston thought they were a World Series contender if Mookie Betts came back, then you got to, and what's the point of being under the luxury, or being over the luxury tax? So, you get under the luxury tax, like the Dodgers did now, or or, I mean, the Red Sox did now. You take, you know, you take a year or two step back. When you're a big franchise like that, it doesn't take that long to come back and be right there. It's You're not the Padres. You're not the Royals. You're not, you know, the Pirates or something where if you take a step back, it's it's a five-year to get back, you know, four or five years to get back to be in anything. That's, that's not the case for the, these type of organizations. So if I'm a Red Sox fan, I mean, you take a year or two back and – Try to replenish the farm system. I mean, Dombrowski gave up a lot of guys. I mean, he gave up, you know, Mankado and that pitcher, what was his name, Copen, um, you know, to get Chris Sale. And Chris Sale now has a terrible contract. So that's kind of what you're kind of hoping for as a Padre is, look, you sign a couple of these guys, they always look good, you know, when you first sign them, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But... After three, four years, those things start adding up and, you know, you get some bad contracts. So hopefully that happens for the Dodgers. I think that would be our best chance. I think, you know, down the road, I think the Padres are going to be much better in a much better situation. So let's talk about the Padre trade that happened last night. Um, I was going to do a Periscope, but I had my I had a couple of people over. Um, so, you know, I, I figured I'd just do a podcast today so I don't feel like doing a long periscope. Um, I like the trade. I like the, you know, I I was never a big Margot fan. So the Padres traded Margot, and they got this Pagan guy. And, you know, I, I don't watch Rays baseball. I don't watch American League baseball. I don't watch baseball in general. I only watch the Padres. I watch the Padres and I watch their minor league system. And then, you know, occasionally I'll watch here and there if I'm flipping through the channels. Um, But it sounds like the this pitcher is a really good reliever and... The Padres' bullpen is just so deep, and it's going to be so nasty. Um, I'm going to go through it. I mean, how do we know how they're going to put everybody in there. I mean, you know, it's going to be – they're going to have to make another trade, I think. They're going to have to because I don't see where some of these guys are going to play because there's too many of them. Um, you make a trade like this, you kind of, you kind of question, what the hell were they doing signing Stammon, you know? You don't really – I don't understand that Craig Stammon contract especially when you got such a good bullpen right now. Like the one thing I like about Stamman is he is a workhorse. You know, I thought I thought Andy Green overused him. So, I think he'll have a bounce back season like what he was a year or two ago. I thought he was really good, and I think he, if he pitches less innings, I think he'll be more fresh. He doesn't have to go 3 games in a row like Andy Green kept using them. I mean, that was ridiculous the way he used them. I remember in April, Padres were off to a tremendous start. I think they were like 11 and 5. And I, and I was like, dude, it's going to come back and bite them because they keep using stamina. And it did. So you're going to have depth now on On the bullpen. You don't have to burn guys every. You know, you, you should never use any of these guys for three straight games. Maybe you use Kirby Yates just because a one-run game or, you know, save situation, maybe. But n- no one else should have to go three straight nights in a row because the bullpen's going to be so good. But as far as Margo goes, I was never a big fan of Margo. When they first traded for him, I was. I thought the Kimball trade, when they traded, you know, Margo was like a top 30 prospect in all of baseball and all the, all those rankings, you know. He was like 35 or or higher, uh, or you want to say lower, however you want to, a uh, better Um I thought he was going to be the future leadoff hitter. I thought, you know, you get your center fielder in Petco, and it's always tough to get that. It's a main thing. One of the main pieces you need is a center fielder in Petco. We still don't, in my opinion, it's a question mark in center field. Uh, With Grisham, I guess it's going to be Grisham. I don't know much on Grisham. I know he had a pretty good season last year. I don't know how good he is defensively. I mean, I don't care. Don't. You don't know, tweet me if you listen to this after and tell me what his F4 is and his defensive metrics. I don't fucking care. I want to watch it myself because Margot was good defensively last year. But the year before, he was not good defensively. I don't care. And again, don't tweet me the metrics. I, I watched it. He wasn't good uh, two years ago defensively. Last year, he was really good. Um, he hits left-handed pitching. The thing that worries me about this trade is what the fuck is Tampa Bay doing? I don't understand. Yes, they get a catching prospect who maybe is good. I don't know anything on him. I guess he was a second-round pick for the Padres. Um, maybe they just really love that guy because the the trade doesn't make sense. I mean, Margot is like a fourth outfielder. He's like a fourth, fifth outfielder. You could pinch run him. You could put him in for a defensive you know, replacement, and then you could play him against left-handed pitching. But... You can't play him against right-handed pitching. He just sucks. Like, he just gets pounded inside with fastballs. He can't, he didn't have the bat speed. Now, left-handed, I guess he can see the ball better coming out of the left-hander's arm, and he could react better. So he always kind of hit left-handed pitching. And I guess Tampa Bay's going to go to platoons. You know, you got Renfro, you got, was it, that Jose Martinez guy, and you got um, uh, Margo. So they're going to, I I guess that's what they're, their strategy is to go to platoons. Um, otherwise, they just don't understand it. And it worries me when a good organization like Tampa Bay, like if we are trading with the Pirates or we're trading with the Marlins, you know, Cincinnati or something, I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. But when you're trading with Tampa Bay, it's a little, little tricky there. But, I mean, I still like to trade. I don't think Margo... I was, I don't know, it was like a, two years ago, I was like, dude, Margo sucks. And everyone was like, oh my god, you gave up too early, and and he's good. And then he had like a good month, like I said it, like on either Periscope or a podcast. I think it was Periscope. And some people were, and I started tweeting it out, and some people were like, oh my god, you gave up on him, he's good, he's fine, he'll be fine, he needs at-bats. And it was like two years ago. and And then he had a really good month, like like almost right after I said it, everyone, not everyone, but some people were tweeting me about it. And I'm like, dude, all right. I mean, let's see. And he couldn't, he couldn't continue. He just, he only would have like one good month a season, like really good. And he just, he didn't walk enough. He didn't, he struck out a lot for not hitting for power. He just, every time he came up, you know, it's one of the things I talk about other people don't talk about is... When he comes up, when runner's on, do you feel comfortable as a fan? Do you want him up? And I just never did. Hunter Renfro, runners are on. I didn't want him, unless he was pinch hitting. If Renfro was pinch hitting, it felt like, yeah. It just I don't know, he felt comfortable pinch hitting. But when he was in the starting lineup and guys are on base and Renfro was up, I never felt comfortable. Will Myers, guys are on base. Will Myers, strike three. Like, it's just, I don't know. I value that a lot higher than you know a wrc plus and war and everyone just wants to look at that stuff and that's fine everyone can evaluate players differently um Margo, for some reason always had like decent war numbers like or whatever because of his defensive metrics or something i don't know i don't think he was that good defensively in center field i thought he was good i don't think he's that good he's nothing that you're going to be like oh my god you know, we're giving up 30 more runs because we don't have Margo out there in center field. No, I don't, I don't, you know. Um, hopefully, Grisham can play center field. But I think going into this season, the Padres 2020 season, one is I think they still have got a chance to be a wild card team. Everyone's kind of like giving up right now. I don't know what today's date is, but you know, or in the second week or coming up on the second week of February or whatever. Um, it feels like after that trade, Padre Twitter is just like threw up their hands like, oh God, we never going to have a chance. We'll Padres didn't get any worse after the Mookie Betts trade. They didn't get any worse. They actually got better, you know, with Pagan. I mean, their bullpen is going to be lights fucking out. And, You got the Yankees pitching coach from last year. And what did he have last year with the Yankees? He had the best bullpen. You know, if you watch a Yankee game, it was like a five-inning game. And I think that's what the Padres are going to be playing this year is five inning games. So if the starter could go four or five innings, he doesn't like Lucchese only has to go four innings now. Take his ass out. You know, you could have Strom, you know, basically backing up Lucchese's starts. Throw him for two innings, and then you're flipping the ball to Pomerantz, Pagan, Munoz, and Kirby Yates. And, and you got Jose Castillo in there, you know. Um, that Pierce Johnson guy, I mean, I heard he's pretty good. Like, I haven't seen him, but I just know someone that would know, and he's like, yeah, he's really good. Or he's he says he's good. He didn't say really good, but I was... Because I asked him, I'm like, why would they pay this guy? You know, whatever. He's like, dude, he's pretty good. Um, And I trust my, it's my guy. So I'm trusting my guy on that. Um, You know, Stammen's okay. He's solid. He had a bad year last year. I thought he got overused. I mean, they have a really good bullpen. I mean, that Castillo is going to be good. And then, you know, when you're only facing, when you're, when you're trying to take the lead basically in the 4th or 5th inning and then you 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 feel like you got a lockdown bullpen. The Padres 1 through 4, I think are pretty good. You know, when you go to T's Machado, Hosmer. I think the Padres that can compete that 1 through 4. The problem with the Padres is 5 through 8. I think their lineup's really weak after that. And it starts with you know, Will Myers. I mean, what are we going to get out of Will Myers? I think we know on Will Myers. He's just – I'm not counting on him. I mean, 240, 25 home runs, you know, 60 meaningless RBIs. You know, that I think if he plays a lot, I think those will be his numbers on base around 320, 330. Um, never get a clutch hit. If it's in Colorado and the Padres win 17-3, to you know, he'll have his seven RBIs in his four-for-six game. But if it's a close game against the Dodgers, he's going to strike out with guys on. That's Will Myers. Uh, Mejia is a huge, you know, we need to find out on him. Hopefully that bat, you know, really plays this year. And hopefully defensively he just gets better and better. Because Mejia is is going to be one of the keys this year. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is this season, the Padres, for me, the 2020 season, is all about finding out what we have. And what I mean by that is all the young players that Preller, the last three, four years, has been getting. And we've been talking about these guys for three, four years. All this talent, all this good young talent. We need... I need another year to to really feel comfortable about certain guys. I need another year to feel like, what do we have? Because they're all not going to hit, you know, and they're all not going to be busts. So what do we have? You got to, you know... Are we going into next year saying we need a catcher? Because I mean, I'll start with Mejia. Like to me, Mejia. If you if you tell me that the team's going to go eighty and eighty two, but you feel like you have the catcher for the next ten years in Mejia, Francisco Mejia, I would take that right now because I think that's how important a player like Francisco Mejia is. One, it's very hard to find find a catcher, and then. Two is he's a switch hitting catcher and the Padres need a left-handed bat big time. So if he has a big year, like let's just say he hits 275, he hits 20 home runs and he's on base, is like, I don't know, anything over 330 I think would be pretty good. So if you come into this this time next year and you're like, we're not worried about the catching position, that would be huge as a Padre fan for me. Huge. Um, So let's talk about what I mean about like, we need to find out on players. We also need to find out on Francisco Tatis. And not Francisco Tatis, Fernando Tatis. Um, and what I mean by that is what if he gets hurt again? If he gets hurt again, he's he's all of a sudden a question mark. Because that'll be three straight seasons in a row if he gets hurt again. You're gonna be like, You're 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 not questioning the kid's talent. The kid's talent is top ten talent in baseball, top five, whatever. I mean, he could do everything. He could run, he could hit you know, he can hit for power, you know, he's got a pretty good eye, you know, like he walks, like, I mean, he strikes out a shit ton, but those are like his outs or strikeouts. If the guy makes contact, he pretty much, you know, has a really good chance of getting a hit. So we're, the talent, we're not questioning that, but as a player evaluation, if he gets hurt again, you're going to go into next season saying, you're gonna, he's going to be like a question mark next season as far as oh god we have to worry about his health I don't want to have to worry about his health so if he plays 140 games this year you're going to feel a lot better going into 2021 you're going to be like he finally he showed us he could play 140 games it's kind of like Trey Turner for the Nationals you know like everyone knows that guy was good it's just I think last year was the first year he played over 100 games if I'm not mistaken first couple years he never got to 100 games so we need to find out on Tatiste as far as can he stay healthy can he play a full season you know cuz he's diving around um, can he get better defensively on throwing i think that i think that'll easily come for tatiste but we got to find out i mean hopefully he gets better throwing the ball um as far as guys on the team this year um like to find out like okay last year at this time we needed to find out on strong we were like can he be a starter well, we found out he couldn't be a starter so we got to move him down to a bullpen which is fine but like that's kind of like what i'm looking at for this year so you look at a guy like um cal Quantrill. i mean what do we have in cal contra is he a fifth starter is he a middle reliever is he going to get traded you know i i think a guy like Quantrill. you look at him now you got to think that he's probably going to get traded with. I think there's one more trade coming because they got too many bullpen guys. I think because they could bring up other guys. I'm going to get to in the minor leagues that can come up too and help the bullpen. So what do we have in Cal Contra? You know, is, is he backing up Lucchese on his starts and going two, three innings and helping the bullpen is, is he going to make the team? Is he going to be in triple a is he trade bait? What do we have in him? Um, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a top three in the rotation type of pitcher. But he showed some pretty good stuff last year. I kind of wrote him off, I think, like a year or two ago. And he got he got better, you know. And his stuff looked pretty good in the majors. I think he, he might be something. But we need to find out on someone like him. Um, Munoz. Is Munoz going to be the future closer? Is Pagan going to be the future closer? Because I, I got a feeling Kirby Yates is going to get traded this year. Um, so find out on Munoz. Like, is he just going to be wild? Is he going to you know if you if you feel like Munoz is at least an eight or a nine for the future, like that's a big piece going into 2021. Like. Do you do you just write in write in pen like oh he's he's your eighth inning setup man do you write in pen oh he's our closer going in two thousand twenty one and do you feel good about it or is it oh it's a question mark with Munoz going two thousand twenty so this year I think we're gonna get some answers from players like that um, Gore and Patino I think we're gonna get we're gonna see Gore I I don't know when but he's gonna get his feet wet like Paddock did if he has a season like Paddock did or better. You're gonna feel like, okay, we're gonna have a legit one-two, or not legit, but pretty good one-two going into 2021 with paddock and gore. Cause I think paddock's a if you let's say paddock's a three right now, you know, going into this season, but he's even another guy. We need to see a little bit more from him. Do you feel comfortable with Paddock being a number two going into 2021? Like probably. Let's see what we got from Gore. If Gore comes up this year and he looks like a three, but you feel like, oh, he's going to be a two by 2021. Or does he look like a two already when he first comes up? And, oh, is he going to be a one in 2021? Like, how do you, how, how much... How much more comfortable are you gonna feel after Gore after this season? Uh Patino, same thing. You know, like you're gonna see Patino probably up this year, but can he dominate this year in double A? If he's just throwing Chad in double A, you're gonna feel a lot better about him. He most of his season last year was in single A. In high A. I mean, he dominated, but double A is a lot harder. That's that's really the one you have to focus on, is double A. So we'll see what he can do there. Gore had more starts in double A than Pitino, but even both of them really haven't had that many innings in double A. What can we see from those guys? Um, Trammell, this is a big year for um, Trammell, Taylor Trammell. Does do we go into 2021? Does Taylor Trammell come up this season, play a little bit, and we go into 2021? And do we feel comfortable? We have a center fielder, or does he have to play left field? You know, because if he has to play left field, you got Tommy Fan, and Tommy Fan can't play left or right field. I I assume. I think he's played his whole career in left field. So, what do we have there? Hopefully, he can play center field uh, as far as Tramill. But you're going to find out this year. This is like, this is it for Tramill. Like, this is the big year. Because if he has another year that he had last year, you're going to be like, that's who he is. If he has a big year, then you're going to say, okay, we feel good about him. Because then he would have basically like two or three good minor league seasons compared to one bad season. And really, it was really just one bad half or 70%. Because at the end of the year, Trammell was really good. Once he got to the Padres, like the first month with the Padres, he was terrible. And then um, in the minors, and then the second month, he was really good. Um, C.J. Abrams, whatever you find out out of him this year, isn't that big of a deal as far as going into 2021. Because even if he has a bad year, he's so young, he could bounce back the following season in the minor leagues and his value would still be pretty high. So if he had, you know, just a mess season, I'm, that's not kind of what I'm talking about. Luis Camposuano, he had a really good year in single A last year. Double A, you really start feeling on these prospects, in my opinion, is what can they do in double A? So if he could ball in double A, you're going to be like, dude, we got a future catcher. Like, at least we have two chances now. We got Mejia and Camposuano. But if Camposano just you know hits 215, 220 in Double A, it's just overmatched by, you know, Double A pitching. Then you're going to be like, oh shit. So you got to find out on some of these guys, and that's kind of the whole thing I'm trying to talk about in this podcast. Uh, Adrian Warhol, can he stay healthy? He's probably going to be in Double A. He's probably going to be a starter down there. Can he go five innings? You know, pitch over 100 innings this year instead of. He pitches three starts, and then they say, "Oh, there's something that flared up." Dennis Lynn's writing an article, and then he's out for a month. And he comes back, and he's pitching two innings, and then you know for a month, and then they say something again. And you know, like we need to find out on Adrian Warhol. If he has another terrible season like he had last year, health-wise, then you're you're almost gonna you're almost gonna be at the point of don't even count on him anymore. So it's make or break for him. It's make or break for Tremil and Morahan, in my opinion. Those guys need to have good seasons this year. And that would be that'd be huge for the Padres. Um Michelle Baez is I assume Baez is gonna go down to double A and be a starter. And the reason why I think he's gonna be a starter, I know I know someone was telling me on Twitter, oh, the Padres see him as a reliever. Maybe they do. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't think they're gonna view him as a reliever if they're getting all these relievers because he could have been on the team this year to start the season. And with all the relievers that they have, I highly, highly doubt that he's going to be. I assume he's gonna be down in the minor leagues and they're gonna build up his innings and they want him to be a starter. So let's say he balls this year in the minor leagues and, you know, maybe at some point you bring him up and he's a starter, you're gonna feel a lot more you're gonna feel pretty good going in two thousand twenty one. You're gonna be like, we just got a starter that no one's really even thinking about. No one's even counting on, it seems like. It feels like that guy's name gets overlooked just because he had a a season that he didn't, I don't know, he got demoted to a reliever. It seems like on the prospect ranking stuff, like Munoz wasn't a top 100 prospect. It seems like the top 100 rankings, like they never put relievers in there. And maybe Baez is a reliever. I don't know. I think he's probably gonna be a starter. I think they view him as a starter. But just because he's not ranked in the top hundred anymore, don't count, you know, Morahan and Baez out. I wouldn't do that. Uh Owen Miller. Owen Miller had a nice year in double A. I think he'll probably at some point this season get his feet wet as a second baseman for the Padres. Um I'm not like too high on him, but he could be a sleeper guy. Gabriel Arias, the shortstop. He had a nice season. In high A last year, he struck out a shit ton, but now he's going to double A. You're going to find out. Can he hit double A pitching? Yay or nay, dude. Because if he can, he's going to be a nice trade piece. A really good trade piece. Um, He's one of these guys that I feel like is like, if he has a good season, he's going to be a top 100 prospect in some of these rankings. Uh, Ryan Weathers. I think Ryan Weathers was really good at the beginning of the season. I was really impressed um he was throwing like 94 to 96 and then he had the fatigue well they called it a fatigue I thought it was an injury or something and he was throwing 88 88 89 and then slowly but surely he kept building it back up and I think at the end of the season he was throwing 92 93 if he brings up if he gets his arm back to 95 96 he's got great secondary pitches he's a guy that will be a top hundred prospect you know in the mid-rankings if he gets his stuff back um So that's kind of all I got. I mean, but this is a big year for a lot of those guys I was talking about. I think the main season or the main evaluations that we have to do, or at least that I'm going to do myself, and I think the most important guys are Mejia, um, Morahan, Baez, Trammell, and like a campuswano. If If we could feel a lot more comfortable going into next year on those guys – we're going to have a lot more depth. We're going to, I mean, especially the pitching. I mean, Bias and Morahone, it wasn't too long ago those guys were top 50 prospects, you know, in all baseball. Just because one bad year and they, you know, go down on the rankings and stuff. That's fine on the rankings, but you could get your value right back with one elite season. Like if Morahone has got an ERA, you know, under 3.2 in Double A, and he throws over 100 innings this year down in double a he's gonna be right back where he should be i mean he's only 20 he's gonna be 21 going into this season so i think people for some reason have written him off bias is gonna be 24 so he's getting a little bit older he needs to start you know he got his feet wet last year i thought he held his own i thought he was looked pretty good reliever wise um but he's got good enough stuff he's got three pitches he can be a starter he's got the. Slider or breaking ball, whatever it is, and the changeup, and his fastball is good. So those type of guys, and Tramel, Tramel's the main one as far as hitting. Because like if Tramel can hit, and he looks like, let's say he came up, let's say he had a great first half in the minor leagues, and he's up helping your team out next this season up in the outfield, and then going into next year, you're like yeah, that's that's a starter. We feel good about it. It's gonna help help out a lot. So. I think the Padres window starts in 2021 as far as like being a team that can win, you know, over consistently over 85 games. And I think the Dodgers, you know, I know everyone thinks it's the greatest trade in the history of baseball. It's fine. The Dodgers are all in on this year. If they win the World Series, I think it's a good trade. If they don't, I think that trade backfires on them. I really do because I think they're going to get into some habits or situations that they're going to have to start signing some guys that I don't think they've been signing. Like if you sign Bookie Betts close to 400, I mean, that's going to take away a guy or two. That's going to take away two or three guys that you would have been able to sign before. So that's all I got for tonight. Go Padres. And I think Padre fans need to relax. I think we're going to have a good season. I think we're going to be competing for the wild card all season long. When you got that. Great of a bullpen. I mean, I think our bullpen blew so many fucking games last year. When the Padres were forty-two and forty at one point, I remember telling myself they should be five-seven games better than what they are. The bullpen sucked. I thought Andy Green sucked managing the bullpen. If Tingler can manage a bullpen, and if Tingler can get you know some guys to you know be a little more focused and and have better seasons offensively, like I could. It just seemed like Machado, Hosmer, and Myers did not like Andy Green. Just the just the way they looked. Especially Hosmer and Myers. And if those two guys, those two players, give it all for this manager and have, you know, kind of bounce back seasons, which, I mean, I thought Hosmer, for the most case, hit. He just, you know, his fielding was terrible. And then I thought he quit at the last month. I thought, he, he absolutely quit. I thought that's inexcusable and it's kind of bullshit, but if he comes into this season with a new manager and he's focused and he hits 280, you know, 290, and he hits 25 home runs, something, and he drives in 110 RBIs, I mean, we're going to be back, right back to being like, yeah, that's fine. That's good. He'll never be worth the contract. I'll never say he will, but let's get some value out of him, and let's get something out of Myers. Uh, We still have a lot of good players Let's see let's see what this manager could do with this team. I wouldn't, you know, be like I see some dumb people like Preller sucks, he's the worst GM. He's given us a lot of talent. We're gonna find out. I think on this year, you're gonna find out whether the talent that Preller has gotten is gonna for the foreseeable future, if it's gonna work or not. I think this year we're gonna find out. It doesn't mean that the Padres have to win eighty seven games this year. It's just that group of young players that you're going to count on for the next 5 7 years we're going to find out this year if those guys are going to pan out i think so all right fellas to the next time good night